Blog Talk Radio. The Franciscan Friars of the Atonement present the Ave Maria Hour. Hello, this is Father Bob Warren of the Franciscan Friars of the Atonement. Thank you for listening to this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour radio show. The Friars' popular Ave Maria Hour was first brought to the radio airwaves in 1939, recorded in New York City and on the mountainside grounds at Graymore, a home in Garrison, New York. These timeless classic stories of the Bible and the lives of the saints came to life each week through dramatic reenactment by professional actors and actresses. You know, friends, Christ once said, do not hide your treasure under a bushel. In saying this, he meant share your gifts, share your talents. The Friars of the Atonement feel the message in these broadcasts remains as powerful and timely as when they were originally aired, and we are so happy to be able to share them with you today. To learn more about the missions and ministries of the Friars of the Atonement, I invite you to visit our website, www.atonementfriars.org. In the meantime, sit back and enjoy this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour. The Sacrament of Matrimony. My little church is one of the new ones in the Los Angeles area. It's in sound and sight of the Harbor Freeway and within walking distance of Pasadena. I'm Father Patrick Logan. I'm 54, and after 30 years of priesthood, very, very conscious of all the responsibilities that go with it. And I've found that in a small parish... People like to keep in personal touch with their priests, so that when I'm at home in my rectory, I can generally be sure of at least one visitor. Somebody's bound to drop in, if only to say hello. At this time, it was a young woman. I, um, I'm thinking of getting married, Father. Oh, it's a fine old custom. Well, I'm not so awfully young. I mean, it's time I was married. I wouldn't say you're so awfully old, either. I'm 27, Father. And most of my friends, the ones I went to school with, I mean, are all married two or three years. Is that why you're thinking of taking the step? Oh, no, I didn't mean that. That wouldn't be a very solid basis for marriage, would it? Father, I'm a little scared. Oh? Two couples I know, all friends of mine, are getting divorces. One couple, Pete and Cynthia, they've only been married a year. And they were so in love. Now they can't stand the sight of each other. Divorce is becoming quite common, isn't it? Oh, it's awful. Father, Father, I don't want my marriage to go on the rocks. I, I don't want the ugliness that I've seen in the quarrels. 
and hate. Well, of course you don't. But how can you tell in advance? How can you be sure? You can't. No one really can, my child. I know. Well, who are you going to marry? Tony DiCarlo. Say, that's a good choice, I'd say. Oh, oh, it's, it's not Tony that I'm worried about. He's steady, and, and he knows what he wants. No, I'm... I'm worried about me. You're not sure of your feelings, huh? Father, I'm, I'm sure of them right now. I love Tony. But, um... I, I, I've been in love before. To the point of becoming engaged? Well, no. Were you proposed to? Oh, three or four times. Obviously, you weren't as much in love then as you are now. I, I know. But my family says I'm fickle, that, that I don't know my own mind. Hmm. Oh, Father, I don't know. Maybe I am. Father, suppose I wake up some morning and find that I don't love Tony anymore. Well, if that should happen before marriage... I mean, if it should happen after I'm married to him. Do you think it might? Well, it could. It, it happens to some people. That's the trouble. I see it happening. I suppose a person can fall in love with love itself instead of with the other person involved. Some people have a great capacity for love. I think you have. Oh. You know it. Now, Tony attracts you, and you find him receptive to your love. So, what you're afraid of is the question of whether you love him as a person or as a convenient, receptive medium for your own need to love. Is that it? Are you a psychiatrist, too, Father? <laughs> Just a priest. Anyway, right now, I love Tony. Mm -hmm. Did you ever feel so strongly about someone before? Oh, no. But you still have doubts about yourself. How can you tell what you'll feel for someone, say, six months from now? Father, I want to marry Tony. But I want to be sure of myself. I want my marriage to last. How can I know if it will? It was a good question. And I had to help her find the answer. I could have reminded her that once married, once her marriage was consummated, she could not obtain a divorce in the sight of God or the church. But she knew that. And that's... Why she wanted to be sure that her marriage would have a sound basis. I was her priest, and she'd come to me asking my help. And it was my duty to help her find the answer as best I could. First, I wanted to know the circumstances that would surround her marriage, and find out if Joyce would have a normally happy association with Tony's family. I called on Tony's father, a good friend of mine. You know, Padre, I'm so happy my boy Tony's going to marry a nice girl. Come on, Padre, make yourself comfortable. Thank you. Uh, how about a little wine? I make it myself. No, no, not now, thanks. So you like the idea of Tony getting married, hmm? Well, don't you think it's about time? He waited too long already. Now he's going to raise a nice big family, and by and by, I'm going to be a grandpa. <laughs> how about the little wine? Oh, uh, no, really, I couldn't. 
too early in the day. Hey, Joyce is a very fine girl. Aye, you bet your life. And she's pretty too, Padre. She got good sense. My Tony, he can pick them, believe me, you. I, I don't think he could have done any better. Hey, where will they live? You have a nice big house here. Oh, no, no, Padre. Sure, if Tony, he got no job and no money, but he's got a fine business. He's going to buy a nice house in Burbank, near the airport. I'm going to put the down payment for my wedding present. I'm going to buy all the furniture, too. Now, it's better they have their own little house. So there was no economic problem and no hostility on the part of Tony's family. Nor was there on the side of Joyce's family. I called on them, too. Everyone was more than delighted. A day or two later, I saw Tony. He's part owner of a gas station in Pasadena. Busy, Tony? Not this time of the day, Father. Cigarette? Oh, thanks. You know, Joyce and I are getting married. As a matter of fact, I do. You know, I've had my eye on her ever since high school. I waited a long time. <laughs> you certainly have. Oh, I've been out with other girls, but nothing serious. Same thing with her, I guess. She's been out with a few other guys. I got scared a couple of times when I thought she might be getting herself engaged, but she never did. Uh -huh. Has she always known about your feelings for her? Uh, since high school. I um, didn't keep it a secret, Father. She's always known I was waiting around for her. Well, then it's worked out fine. Sure, and her folks are crazy about me. Yes, your future mother-in-law told me. She, she did? Well, yes. They, they really do like me? I guarantee it. Oh, I, w I wasn't sure. I thought maybe they just figured they had to tolerate me on Joyce's account. Oh, no. They, they really they're, do like me, huh? Yeah, they're, they're very happy about you. Well, gee, I'm glad to know that. I really am, because, well, I'm crazy about them. Now, Father, you should see the fuss my pop makes over Joyce. Mm -hmm. You think she was his baby daughter. It's great, huh? Mm -hmm. Both families agree. Joyce and I can't go wrong, can we? I'm pretty sure you can't, Tony. And you'll be the one to marry us. Oh, I should hope so. Oh, that's great. That's just great, Father. So everything was in favor of a happy and lasting marriage. There was no question of Tony's steady love for Joyce. There would be no family friction. I suppose I could have dismissed Joyce's fears, putting them down to, oh, let's say, to the jitters that almost any girl feels just before a wedding day. But I knew in my heart it was more than that. I gave so much thought to her problem that a couple of Sundays later, I referred to the sacrament of matrimony from the pulpit. Like the other sacraments, matrimony confers upon those who receive it worthily a twofold grace. It sanctifies, makes the soul a partaker of the nature of God himself. And it provides the strength to help the couple in the course of their natural lives to be faithful to their vows. This grace is in your hands, either to make use of it or to cast it aside. The ultimate choice is always yours. Now, I would like to stress a phenomenal feature of this sacrament. In a very real sense, the bride and groom stand in the presence of God, and in his divine presence, they make a contract which cannot be voided or canceled either in his sight 
or in the sight of the church. This you know. But I wonder if many of you realize that the priest, in the case of marriage, is not the one who confers the sacrament. The priest is merely God's official witness. It is the bridegroom who bestows the sacrament upon his bride. And in turn, she who bestows the sacrament upon him. Think, then, of the grave responsibility you assume when you undertake to be married. You stand before God, accepting from his hands for a brief moment what amounts to divine authority, the power to administer one of his sacraments. Think of this. Whether you are looking forward to your wedding day or looking back on it. I hope I'm not disturbing you, Father. Well, I was hoping you'd stop by, Joyce. I heard your sermon. Yes, I saw you there. Father, I felt as though you were talking to me. I must confess, you had a great deal to do with my topic. I think it gave me the answer I need. Yes, I think the answer was there, Joyce. I have a date with Tony in half an hour. I guess I'll spend the time in church. I suppose that's where the answer to most questions and problems is. What do you think, Joyce? I'm sure of it, Father. Thanks for seeing me. Lord, who has said, Blessed are the clean of heart, for they shall see God. Grant me the grace of thy spotless chastity, so that I may practice this virtue. Grant that temptations will never blind me to the true values of my marriage vows. Grant that when I enter the state of marriage, I shall always, until death, realize that my marriage is permanent and cannot be broken in thy sight. O oh, Mary, Immaculate Mother, inspire in my heart your own great love of virtue and purity. Yeah, Pop. What are you talking about, yeah, Pop? Now, look, you listen to me. You know what I just do? I just talk with your Uncle Luigi and Uncle Angelino in New York. You know what? They're going to come here with all the family for the wedding. How you like that? Oh, gee, that's great, Pop. And today I talk with Joyce's mama. I told her not to spend all that money on a reception in some hotel. I told her we got a big house here and we got a room for everybody. And we're going to have a big, big party. Gee, that's great, Pop. Just great. Sure, that's a great thing. What's the matter with you? Oh, nothing. What's the matter? You afraid? Because you're going to get married? No, I'm not afraid. But it's a big step you take when you get married. You've got to be awful sure. 
and all of a sudden you're not sure? Sure I'm sure, Pop. Well, stay sure. Well, only it occurred to me that I'll have to start thinking of someone else when I want to do something, instead of just myself, I mean. If I want to go someplace, I've got to think of Joyce. Where do you want to go without the Joyce? Nowhere, Pop. So what do you worry about? <laughs> I guess I'm not really worried, Pop. But these are things you have to think about. Well, I suppose you've got to think about them, yeah. Yeah, I guess you're right, Tony. It's a good thing when a young fella think about all of these things before he get married. Did you think about them, Pop? What I got to think about? I love your mama. Your mama loved me. Sure, I remember there was some things she don't like, I like. And there's some things she like, I don't like. But after a while, I like what she like, and she like what I like. That's what you do when you get married. You gotta, uh, uh, what do you call, uh, uh, adjust to each other. Adjust, adjust. Tony, I'm gonna call your cousin Frank in Pittsburgh. I'm going to tell him to bring his family here for the wedding, too. Oh, Pop, where are we going to sleep, everybody? We got the one extra room now, your room. After the wedding, you don't need no more. You take your bride and off you go. You got to do like you say, uh, uh, adjust. You got to adjust when you get married. You know what happened when you adjust? What happens, Pop? I tell you. Me and your mama, uh, we adjust. And we was married for 30 years. And she was just like she was the day we get married. You understand? I don't see her no different. Maybe she see me the way I look a long time ago, too, eh? Yeah. I guess that's the way it is, Dad. Sure. Now I'm going to telephone your cousin Frank in Pittsburgh. You never in your lifetime going to forget the day you get married. I'm going to give you a big party. So come on now. Adjust. I remember Tony and Joyce came to receive Holy Communion together the morning of their wedding day, each one serene and confident in the step they were about to take, pledging their love for God and for each other in the precious blood of our Savior and assuring themselves of his presence and his blessing in a few hours. They stood side by side in church. My dear friends, you are about to enter into a union which is most sacred because it is established by God himself and will bind you together in a relationship so close and so intimate that it will influence the rest of your lives. The future, with its hopes and disappointments, its successes and its failures, its pleasures, pains, joys and sorrows, is hidden from your eyes. But you know that these elements are mingled in everyone's life and are to be expected. And so, as in every case of the marriage ceremony, I recited the exhortation, reminding the young couple that the sacrament of matrimony reflects the union of God with his church. Anthony, will you take Joyce, here present, for your lawful wife, according to the right of our Holy Mother Church? I do. And Joyce, 
Will you take Anthony, here present, for your lawful husband, according to the right of our Holy Mother Church? I do. Anthony, with your right hand, hold the right hand of Joyce and say after me these words. I, Anthony DiCarlo, I, Anthony DiCarlo, take you, Joyce Crawford, for my lawful wife. Take you, Joyce Crawford, for my lawful wife. To have and to hold from this day forward. To have and to hold from this day forward. For better, for worse, for richer, for poorer. For better, for worse, for richer, for poorer. In sickness and in health, until death do us part. In sickness and in health, until death do us part. And here, the hands of the couple are unloosed for a moment, and then rejoined as before. Now, Joyce, repeat after me. I, Joyce Crawford... I, Joyce Crawford... Take you, Anthony DiCarlo, for my lawful husband. Take you, Anthony DiCarlo, for my lawful husband. To have and to hold from this day forward... To have and to hold from this day forward. For better, for worse. For better, for worse. For richer, for poorer. For richer, for poorer. In sickness and in health, until death do us part. In sickness and in health, until death do us part. By the authority of the church... I ratify and bless the bond of marriage you have contracted in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Here the couple is sprinkled with holy water and then the priest takes the ring to bless it. Our help is in the name of the Lord. O Lord, hear my prayer, and let let my cry come to you. The Lord be with you, and with your spirit. The ring is sprinkled with holy water, and then given to the bridegroom, who puts it on the ring finger of the bride, and says, In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Take and wear this ring as a sign of our marriage vows. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Strengthen, O God, what you have wrought in us. There never was a bride in her bridal gown and veil who was not beautiful as the sacrament was bestowed on her. For its very loveliness radiates from her and all about her. And I find myself so often praying inwardly that the memory of this beautiful moment will remain forever in the minds and hearts of every couple who enter into the blessed state of marriage. And I prayed to myself on that joyous day when 
Joyce and Tony were married. Father. No. Uh-huh. It arrived yesterday morning. Weight, oh. seven pounds, one ounce. A boy, finally. Three girls and now a boy. Very good, Tony. So I guess we have another baptism date. Yes, I guess we have. How's George? Oh, she's great, great. I never knew a girl could be so happy. Hey, Padre, I, I got something to tell you. Oh, Papa, please, I'm already telling you. Never father. mind the Papa, please. I'm going to tell him myself. Padre, listen. I got a grandson now. He's a boy, a bigger one. Holy smoke, gee whiz. He's a nine pounds. Hurry up, Padre. Ring the church bells. listening to this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour, brought to you by the Franciscan Friars of the Atonement. For over 110 years, the Friars have devoted themselves to fulfilling St. Francis' prayer, to heal wounds, to unite what has fallen apart, and to bring home those who have lost their way. We work for Christian unity and interreligious understanding. We provide respite at our retreat center at Greymoor for those in need of spiritual renewal. We staff parishes throughout the world, serve as chaplains for colleges, hospitals, and prisons. We care for the ill through hospice work, ministry to those with HIV AIDS. We also shelter the homeless and provide treatment and services for those suffering from alcoholism and drug addiction. If you would like to be included in our prayer list, participate in special St. Anthony Novenas, and or visit St. Anthony's Shrine, Graymoor. Attend a retreat, learn more about our Ave Maria Hour productions, or simply make a donation to assist us in fulfilling St. Francis' prayer to help those in need. Please visit our website at atonementfriars.org or email me at avemaria at atonementfriars.org. You can write to me, Father Bob, Friars of the Atonement, Graymoor. Post Office Box 300, Garrison, New York, 10524. And so, in closing, I ask for the blessing of God upon you and those you love. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may he look upon you with kindness and give you his peace. Amen.